Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we've got Reed waiting for us in the Escape Pod uh, to chat all about Star Wars Squadrons. Reed's been on the show before to talk about uh, multiple things. Uh, he's primarily been our, our guy to chat video games with, so uh, he's back. And uh, this game came out a while ago, October 1st, 2020, so uh, a couple months ago. But uh, at this point, you know, it's, this is a spoiler discussion, by the way. Uh, it's been a couple months and we figured uh, a, a lot of you guys have had the chance to play it. And if not, then uh, this is a good inside look at uh, what this game is about, what it's like, uh, what kind of things are in the story, and much more. So stay tuned. landing. All right, cool. That's the that's the main theme that we got right there. Um, from Star Wars Squadrons. So, uh, in the escape pod with me, I've got Reed. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back, man. Always good to have you back, buddy. Um, when was the last time you were on here, actually? Ooh. It was after the Disney, uh, like, update or whatever, right? Because we were talking about it. Oh, yeah. Nothing about, but I was still, like, like, you guys were telling me about it, and I was getting, like, hyped. I was like, oh, what? They're, like, they're doing this thing? Like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, oh, I guess it was, I guess it was for one of the Mandalorian yeah. after shows, I guess. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think that's what that was about. Yeah, so... Okay, yeah, so it hasn't been too, too long, but, uh, crazy long. you know, I, I guess, you know, when when people aren't seeing each other in person these days, it's kind of hard to keep track of time. Um, the, all these online events and stuff kind of blur, blur together. Yeah, dude, we're all on, we're all on COVID time. It's just like... Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's made it more apparent to me, though, like, recently, that uh, a, a thing like this can actually... I don't know. It's been it's been nice, I guess, for for multiple reasons. I mean, for a lot of people, it's kind of been a source of entertainment for like staying indoors and stuff. But then for other people, it's been just something to do while they're, you know, at their desk job and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's, it's nice to feel like I'm like contributing to that kind of entertainment <laughs> uh, industry in a way. Yeah. So, so that's good. <laughs> um so yeah, I hope you I hope you feel the same uh, being uh, totally. being a, a, a consistent guest on the show, which is uh, is awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know if you knew, but uh, actually maybe you do know this, but I'm just gonna say it anyway because uh, anyone tuning into the show for the first time uh, probably didn't catch this bit of news. Uh, so if you are tuning into the first time, welcome to Star Wars Escape Pod. It's a uh, it's a Star Wars podcast uh, delivering you just friendly star wars chat and discussion from across the galaxy and uh we just hit feedspot's top 30 star wars podcasts on the internet 
the the list. So that's you know pretty pretty cool. I was I was I felt pretty good about that. I was like, you know what, milestone achieved. <laughs> if if life was a video game, you know, one up. You know, <laughs> um, we also started our Rebels Talk series. It's a new after show, uh, kind of following. Uh, where we left off with Diego in Clone Wars Talk, which lasted 40 episodes of this show. And uh, it's basically stylized the exact same way. We've been going through Star Wars Rebels, uh, just just watching a couple episodes at a time, and then uh, chatting about it in, in the kind of a breakdown fashion, just uh, talking about the characters and the story arcs and all that. And uh, the first episode actually dropped this week on Monday. So, uh, well, as of this recording, which is probably just going to, drop next week so um yeah so that's cool as well we also have some episodes coming up uh explaining kind of filling people in on histories of characters like darth maul and uh and then i believe at some point uh we'll be sitting down to un- do a, a reading through of an 80s article from a 1980s magazine which was a guy uh speculating on what the clone wars was because back then nobody knew what it was so uh, i thought that was a fantastic article mm-hmm. and a friend of mine gave me this this magazine and i thought it was just fascinating so um that's pretty cool yeah, man. so yeah yeah so that out of the way um you know star wars squadrons it's been out for for a while now you finished the game way before i did oh yeah i finished it a little while ago so hopefully my 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 memory isn't uh too uh too fuzzy i think i'll hopefully remember enough to uh have an interesting discussion about right about the game yeah that's fair i uh i just finished it this past week so i mean you know in anticipation for for finally getting around to doing this thing because it's been on the back burner for a while and time slipped by you know work gets busy and i'm like oh geez came out like you know last year and in the in the fall technically so it's like yeah i i I gotta finish this campaign (laughs) yeah um but uh, yeah, how did you just in general, like, like, what do you think of the story? Because, of course, you played through the Battlefront 2 campaign. You know, you're uh, you also did Fallen Order, right? Yeah, you, you oh, yeah. played through Fallen Order. So you played through all the the, the, the newer big titled yeah. canon. Yeah, yeah. So how did how did this game kind of stack up to, to that? I think it was so it far? was a lot better than I thought it would be, like, especially for the game's uh, price point. Um, like, I wasn't expecting a campaign i mean it wasn't like the longest uh campaign that i've ever played like i don't remember exactly off the top of my head like how many missions there were uh, or whatever but i think it's more than 12 or 14 per uh like faction basically because there's the like the uh, rebel or technically new republic uh faction um and then there's the uh, imperials basically and so it was Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah, it definitely went on like longer. Like when I was first playing through it, I was like, oh, I'm going to like burn through this super fast and I'm going to be doing like multiplayer and blah, blah, blah. And it like, it definitely took me like longer than I expected. Not that it was like, you know, super like long and drawn out and like challenging or anything like that, but it, it was a good, uh, like, it was a good solid story. And, I, and I'm really glad they did that because I definitely would have been really like, disappointed i think if it was just Mm -hmm. like if because like especially for a star wars game like that's what it's about right it's not just a bunch of ships in space because we got like hundreds of games like that but it's it's star wars right so i'm i'm glad like yeah you know not only did we have all the cool like stuff like all the ships that they're that we're familiar with and that kind of thing but uh yeah it had a pretty solid story i was pretty happy with the story i don't know how you 
felt about it. Yeah, no, actually, I, um, I mean, it's yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, I think there's no way to put it better than than exactly what you said. I mean, it's it's a, it's we there's many flight simulator games out there, and you know, so many so many very similar you know, in, in a similar fashion. And, and even if it was just a, a game where it's like you could fly a Star Wars ship, it's like there, there'd be something missing. But what makes it a really good Star Wars game is the story. Like, and yeah. that's that's what makes any Star Wars uh, st- story great is, is you know, it's, it's unique in a sense. And, and uh, it's got all the, the what makes Star Wars iconic about it. Um, I mean, all that's kind of wrapped up into this into this 14 mission uh, campaign is fourteen missions, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it is fourteen per faction. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, in a nutshell, I guess, um, kind of like what you said, the two factions that you can play as, which it kind of goes back and forth between both uh, as you progress through the story. Uh, it goes b- uh, between the Empire and and the Rebellion, and then at, at some point it it eventually turns transitions, into transitions. Yeah, transitions into the New Republic. Yep. Yeah, which is which is uh, very shortly after the uh, destruction of the second Death Star above Endor. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, this game kind of overlaps with the original trilogy films, and then and then kind of proceeds to go into that just after episode six era in which we actually have a lot of content in that in that section right there um because uh with and i'm counting the books and comics and everything else but uh, it's got something in common with battlefront 2 in the sense that the campaign takes place roughly around the same time period uh which i thought was really interesting because yeah. i mean out of the whole span of the story that they could have done it in uh they chose that one that one area. And, yeah. and to me, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I think partially it's because they definitely wanted to do a game that used the rebellion and the empire, but then they didn't want to do a game that's just completely based in the original trilogy. I think they wanted to really focus in on this new era that they're building out of the new Republic, which we're seeing yeah. in the likes of the Mandalorian and uh, the other live action shows that they're going to be putting out. It actually takes place in this official titled era called uh, the uh, Rise of the New Republic or, or, okay. or something like that. Yeah. They, they've given it a label or uh, the era of the New Republic or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that they decided to do that. And, um, you know, it has a lot of things in common with, with I guess, the, the material that surrounds that that uh, that area. Um but I mean, how many how many ships are there that we can play as in the campaign? There's like eight of them, right? Four on each side. So I think there's. Uh no, there I think there's because in a squadron there's like five. Yeah, that's a multiplayer. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so, true. So yeah, I think so there's the multiplayer. I think is five. The each. main there's their fighter. Uh, there's the interceptor. There's the bomber, and then there's the support ship, and then they've added a new. In the multiplayer, they've added a new class of ship, which is yeah, I don't think uh, that's... the Tie Defender, the Tie Defender, yeah, yeah, and I don't think that's in the main story now. And I think it's for the Rebels or the excuse me, the New Republic. Is it the B Wing? I think yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. So that's the fifth ship. Um, so the standard ships for Rebels slash New Republic is uh, X Wing, A Wing, Y Wing, and uh, uh, U Wing from uh, the 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 one that's iconically known from Rogue One. Yep. Yeah. And then the B-Wing is kind of that fifth additional ship that they added for multiplayer. 
And so I think we see that one in Return of the Jedi for the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. The B Wing shows up in Return of the Jedi. And um, actually, they had a whole arc about it in Star Wars Rebels as to like the creation of that ship and, and a little more on like what it can do because in that movie, you see them flying around, but you don't really see the yeah. details on that ship too much. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a cool ship, man. Like, oh, yeah. like I've always loved the B-Wing. Cause it, it's like a weird the, one. It pivots on like an axis or something like that. Doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. It, like the ship body pivots. It uses the cockpit as yeah. like a center. Yes. Like a, a central gyro center. Yeah. yeah. Like a gyroscopic center point. And then, and then the rest of the ship kind of turns around that or something. It's, yeah. it's really, it's a really odd, but cool, unique design. Yeah. Um, and I believe the designer was Moncala. Uh, I think he was a Moncala Mari. That's pretty uh, cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, that's that. That's in the Star Wars Rebels show. But yeah. Uh, speak, speaking of Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> um, there's a character that shows up in this game, um, and it's uh, General Harris and Dula, uh, and it's just the green, the green Twi'lek that shows okay. up for yeah. the very final. She's in the final mission briefing room, yeah. uh, but she's also on the holograms here and there throughout the rest of the game, mm-hmm. and uh, makes some you know brief appearances and stuff. And uh, she's voiced by the same actress and, and all that stuff. And she's like one of the main characters of Star Wars Rebels. So uh, it was really cool to to see her kind of pop up in a, a live action-ish look. Yeah. Because I'm so used to seeing her in like the Star Wars Rebels fashion. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome to see her in like this CGI'd kind of, you know, lifelike appearance. Um, so that was kind of a... That was a nice nod uh, to the show, and uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't, I didn't know that, but like, I think, I think that's one of the things that they did uh, well with this game is that like, there's not like, um, it's it's not like a super like uh, big like intrusive entry into like Star Wars canon and stuff like that, and so they can right. like add and take away things as they like. Because uh, like you were saying, like mm-hmm. this is a very like untouched almost area other than like you know like Star Wars Battlefront 2 or like Mandalorian so we're only like just starting to understand like the the I guess the new canon for this era of Star Wars and stuff so it's kind of cool that they're like actually making an effort to get uh characters uh, into the game and stuff yeah yeah totally and um yeah and then I guess to to build on top of that as well is just um in in this new canon I mean uh, for the past couple of years, I guess since since 2015, we've had, uh, which was the the release of the first canon book. Uh, since then, has just been all canon content that had been released. Aside from the game, which is uh, the, uh, the Old Republic, uh, which is still like from uh, years ago. Uh, everything else that Disney's kind of put out under the Star Wars license has has sort of generally been known as to be canon material Mm -hmm. um the first ever canon book i remember it was called uh, a new dawn and uh, this novel uh ironically enough featured hera as a a main character as well as kanan jarrus who is kind of the jedi knight of of star wars rebels and it was a prequel novel to the star wars rebel show which was going to be premiering later that year kind of thing and um I, I remember it was it was it was not the best book I read. I remember it being like being okay with it. Um, but one of the characters they also introduced in that book was a character known as uh, Admiral Ray Sloan. And this character has now also popped up in various novels and comics and short stories and as well as the Battlefront 2 game uh, and now 
Star Wars Squadrons. Like she she showed up in this game as well, and uh, her the actor that plays her uh, is uh, she voices her is uh, uh, Dion Audane. I think I don't know. I might be botching her name there, but um, yeah, she uh, has kind of been brought to life now at this point uh, through this voice actress. And it's very cool to think that maybe she might show up in some of these live action shows going forward. But again, it was just one of those little things that's like, yeah, this is a Star Wars story. Like this is like the next chapter. If you were to go through beginning to end, like this is a chapter you just didn't, you know, you just don't want to miss it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, especially if you love like fighter pilots and, you know, the X-Wings and all that stuff. Like it's, it's, uh, it's a story that you have to play through, but it's also a story that you get to really you know, digest and get into. And in a way, you also get to be immersed in it if you have a VR headset because this game is VR compatible, which is yes. uh, is, is awesome. It's a cross-platform game, whether you're on Xbox, PlayStation, PC. Uh, and if you have a VR headset with PC, you can, you can toss that on and be inside the cockpit as you fly around. It's extremely nauseating because you don't you don't feel the G's at all. Like you're sitting yeah. in a desk chair, right? And and you're you're flying all over all the way around. And you expect to kind of be pushed back and forth in your seat a little bit, and and there's just it's nothing, right? So uh, every time I play with you, I just I always just do it, you know, in my normal desk yeah. chair because I'm like I, I can't stand more than like twenty to thirty minutes of this. Oh yeah, but I believe it. It's cool though. It's a cool. It's a oh, cool yeah. feature, and to, to for people who can actually stand longer than a thirty minutes in in the chair like that without feeling sick, then uh, you know that's awesome for you. So <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I, yeah, I haven't played. I haven't tried the game yet in VR. I mean, you could definitely tell it's like meant to be, uh, like played with VR and stuff like that. But yeah, it's been like. I mean, the gameplay is great. Uh, it's super fun. Like this. Yeah, the story is pretty great too. Like one of the things I appreciate about the story too is that kind of like a uh i sort of mentioned earlier is that it's not like a big um like super intrusive almost like mainstream star wars story it's about like i mean obviously it uh covers like critical events and stuff like that in in its own Mm -hmm. way but it's not like you know you're following like luke skywalker uh, around right, right? Yeah. like it's yeah you're like i'm they've pretty right, right away they open up like the story with like you know recovering helping to recover refugees from uh alderaan and that kind of thing and so it's like a really cool like um like it, it's a great like opportunity to like die again uh dive it kind of like the way rogue one did like dive into like the nitty gritty like the the actual star wars world instead of just mm-hmm. following around like all the top guys and just like skipping over events and yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah that's yeah that's perfectly well said yeah um <clears throat> actually speaking of the story did you happen to read the short story that precedes the the campaign story it was called the light you bring uh it was written by uh joaba berry uh or, or joe joe berry or something uh and it's uh set during the 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 game uh and uh that was a short story that was released uh in october as well and uh it was based on a mission that vanguard squadron has to has to do did you did you happen to read that at any i don't point, think or? i ever did if it wasn't in the game i probably didn't uh didn't see it or read it or whatever okay um i think i i vaguely again this was like months ago now so i think i did read it and i can't remember what it was about yeah. <laughs> but uh it's worth mentioning though that there is a short story on the website that you can look up uh so for anyone who's very curious about kind of the events that 
set this game story in motion you can you can look up the light you bring short story and uh you can you know get a free digital copy of that on the website but um yeah so a big part of the story uh you know speaking of the story it really evolves around the new republic building uh their own version of uh of a big super weapon sized ship yes uh, called uh, called project starhawk and and starhawk is actually something that was first introduced in the aftermath trilogy books uh which uh are three books that kind of take place from Return of the Jedi up until a year later at the Battle of Jakku, where the Empire kind of comes to an end. Um, and this game is generally set between those two events. Uh, so uh, interestingly enough, I guess, during the first quarter of that year, I guess, uh, because uh, as we know from the end of the game, uh, the Project Starhawk, <laughs> the first and only one that they have, yeah. gets blown blown up. Yep. So, um, <laughs> or I think so, you personally <laughs> blow it up too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and and later down the road at at the Battle of Jakku, uh, they they do have them present uh, at the the Battle of Jakku. I think they have three of them actually. Um, Oh, and okay. you can also you you can also I didn't know this, but uh, the FFG you know Fantasy Flight Games, the like the board games company maybe um, yeah. so uh, they they make the Star Wars Legion miniatures game oh, yeah. they make okay. the the role playing game they make the new card they, they're the exclusive uh, Star Wars license holder for all things board games these days yeah um, and have been for a couple of years now but they make uh, a miniatures game called Armada. And they make another one called X-Wing. But yeah. the Armada game really features uh, kind of a scale that's sort of large scale, mm-hmm. but yeah. smaller. So your TIE fighters and everything are these tiny little things in the clusters. Yeah. And uh, the big capital ships are kind of your average miniature size. And uh, they actually make a, a Starhawk uh, miniature. for, And the design is exactly the same. And this that's thing, sick. I think, came out a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. I yeah. was like, huh. That's right that's on. a nice nod to the design that kind of went into the game as well. Yeah, and, definitely, uh, dude. All that stuff. So something I didn't know when I was kind of doing my research on some of the other things to bring up during this conversation. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Starhawk is like, you know, the New Republic's answer to fighting Star Destroyers um, because uh, they really, you know, as seen from multiple different battles that happen through the films they really their their ships don't stand up against the the star destroyers too well i mean no, star destroyers are still the, generally known to be the ships you run away from yeah they are the the star destroyers are still the alpha dog in the galaxy yeah. that's for sure because <laughs> because yeah I, I like the battle of jakku hasn't happened yet and so the imperials like they might have lost like you know death star 2 and the emperor might be dead and you know people all over the galaxy might be rebelling but the empire's not gone they still got a lot of ships. And so yeah. you're pretty much yeah. as Vanguard squadron, you're pretty much running away from the, uh, the star destroyer that I, I can't remember the name of it. What is it called? Uh, um, they have a name yeah. for it in the game. I don't, I'm, I'm lo- trying to look, I'm, I don't see it off the top of my head. I'm, I'm blanking but, on uh, it too. But yeah, you're running from the, the admiral or whoever is in charge and, and like titan squadron basically which is like your yeah nemesis squadron that you play as and that kind of thing but uh yeah but yeah it's it's kind of cool because like the yeah the new republic are like hey now that we're like 
starting to finally like be able to fight the Imperials conventionally and not just like hit and run type of thing. We need to be able to match them like toe to toe. And so that's what basically Project Start Hawk is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's it's built out of uh, reused and recycled broken down Star Destroyers. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a cool concept of like the rebellion kind of building this new fleet of supersized ships off of the empire's garbage. Um, yeah, it's, you know. it's smart too. Cause instead of trying to, yeah, like build something from scratch, which like would take the rebels who don't kind of have that, the same sort of industrial complex and base that the empire does it with building something like that from scratch could take them, you know, like so long that the, you know, the, they could have lost the, the war by then. Right. But so, yeah, they've, figured out how to like uh combine all those components so there's yeah there's some cool design elements where you're kind of like oh yeah i see how they like implemented like you know this part of a star destroyer into it and stuff like that and it's still its own kind of uh ship mm-hmm. and i think i think one of like the focal points of the ship isn't it a um like colossal tractor beam like that's yes how, yeah it's it's yeah. kind of a cool contrast too because like with the empire when they build a super weapon it's to blow things up so they're just like hey it must explode bigger like must mm-hmm. big boom hard and the rebels are like or, or the, i guess the new republic are the polar opposite of that thought so they're like let's go non-lethal sort of it, yeah <laughs> it, it definitely seems like more of a, a safe defensive non destructive way of taking an enemy down it's like oh let's just use a tractor beam and use it as like a a way to force star destroyers into like a moon or whatever yeah um or into each other who knows yeah but um i i kind of made the mental comparison just now of like the sith compared to the jedi where it's like the sith have like their destructive sith lightning that kind of you know inflicts you know pain and suffering and all that yeah and then the jedi have like they primarily just use the force, which is, yeah. you know, like, a, and, and it's like, oh, it's like a beam, electric beam and, uh, and uh, just a, a, like a force thing. Yeah, of force some energy kind, right? of so, some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, so it, it's funny how that parallel kind of works its way into the, the Republic fighting the, the empire in, yeah. the, in these, in the, you know, in warfare and in the ships and all that stuff. So, yep. uh, I thought that was cool too. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah i mean you know overall i think like yeah the campaign is definitely it's a story worth getting into right like yeah like i i think for me too like it the because the game's like the game retails for like 40 bucks or something like that i think it's it's cheaper than most triple a games are rated these days or Mm. priced these days which is more like 80 but yeah it's cheaper than most of the new games that come out yeah and and so like uh, like i would say like that's a pretty like reasonable price yeah for like a new game especially like a star wars game and then it's it's got like a pretty decently long story because i mean i've bought like big uh triple a games or whatever where their stories have where they're you know they retail for like 60 70 80 dollars and their story is like maybe pushing it 15 hours like you know if you go around and like get all the collectibles and stuff like that like right. it's a linear story like 15 hours or something which is just like like a, a buzzkill right and so yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah and, this, and this is um yeah and this is about would you say it's about the same but cheaper 
I think, yeah, it, it's pretty similar, but cheaper. I'll just see what my logged hours are on Steam, actually, because it should I'm, actually, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm just watching up Steam. <laughs> hours, um, you'll probably okay, have so my playtime is 13.8 hours. So Yeah, so I have, purely... I have like 15 and a half, basically. And that's with uh, playing some of the multiplayer and stuff like that. And I think I'm like ranked same, 12 yeah. in the multiplayer. Okay, yeah, and I'm ranked four and a half in multiplayer, so I didn't play that much. Oh, so close to rank five, yeah. Yeah, so close to rank five. Yeah, so actually, that's one thing that we should talk about is the multiplayer modes now. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, once you get, with with the multiplayer modes, you're kind of locked into just playing dogfights until you reach a a pilot rank of level five, and then you unlock all the other modes, which uh, I can't talk about any of them because uh, (laughs) I'm still ranked four and a half. But yeah. Yeah, so talking about how they, they designed uh like that uh, like system or whatever you want to call it so i actually so i actually don't mind what they did because basically like they're taking uh and it kind of ties into the like the campaign too and stuff like that um and i'll explain why but like uh, i think what they did is kind of smart because it's really uh kind of user-friendly way because part of like part of the reality with like a lot of multiplayer games that you play is that there's going to be a huge learning curve and like especially if it's like a highly skilled or like meta based game like it's not there's it's really hard to like casually learn how to do that um and so in throughout the story which is a design thing that i actually really really liked they basically you uh throughout the story uh at one point or another, you'll have pl- they'll have taught you how to use every single ship, and like shown you like the potential of each of those individual ships and stuff like that. And like some missions are specifically tailored for uh, the the different ship classes and stuff like that. Obviously, with the exception of the uh, the B wing and then the the new uh, Imperial uh, equivalent that they added and stuff like that to the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that's like a really great way to like help you learn uh, like how to use those ships like before getting into the multiplayer and having to learn all of that by yourself uh from scratch and so they kind of they push that even further when you do start the multiplayer where like uh they give you the option to do like a practice or tutorial thing or whatever like to practice before i even start the game and then uh yeah they level lock you so until you pass rank five you can't you can only do one game mode which is dogfighting. so it's just pure ship to ship uh combat and stuff like that and so it's like it's kind of it's kind of making because the main like feature of the game or the game's multiplayer at least is their fleet battles uh excuse me so it's like you know like there's the imperial capital ship and then there's your capital ship and then throughout the battle there will be uh like different like escort class vessels and uh different um uh, like structures and stuff for you to destroy sort of, or yeah, there's sort of, yeah, there's stuff for you to blow up, but basically, yeah, it, it's the, like the dogfight mode is like on a smaller, uh, more typically more open area and it's just pure ship to ship. Uh, and then the fleet battles are really cool. Cause you, you know, it's like a full scale, uh, battle mm-hmm. where it's like, there's like going to be the star destroyer, which you like, you actually deploy from and you can like fly back into its hangar and stuff like that and it'll actually at various points like participate in the battle because it's like it's almost the way they designed it is like a tug of war almost uh so like you have to i think first phase you have to like kill 
off like a certain number of the enemy uh, team and then like you'll move on to the next phase line which is like you destroying like uh, some of the escorts or something like that and then like final phase is attacking the actual uh, enemy ship and so at any of those phases you can get pushed back from that phase to the previous phase so it isn't just like uh, like so you can i think you can completely destroy like the escorts and stuff like that so it'll like so if it's like oh the games if the game's going back and forth a lot it kind of speeds up the like the way the game ends so that you um uh aren't like it's not getting drawn out like over a really long time it's basically like eliminating like a couple of the phys- phase lines so that you can more quickly like cause damage to each other's capital ships and kind of speed up the end of the game type of thing um but it's it, yeah it's really fun like, I, like there's a couple different like all the ship classes are like very well suited to their different roles and stuff like that um and they do they do a pretty good job of where like uh, you like giving you points for playing the objective and stuff like that. Um, cause I mean, like, you know, you can really focus on kills if you want, but then like, obviously that the whole objective of the fleet battle is to destroy the enemy capital ship and they're like the it's escorts and stuff like that. And you, and so you can, I've had guys, I think get more points than me just because, um, they've, yeah, they've just caused like so much damage to enemy like systems and ships and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a really fun game mode. Yeah, I'm, like, it's too bad we hadn't gotten the chance to play it yet because we were just shy when my right. uh, yeah. game crashed or whatever. But yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, it, it that, no, that's cool actually. And, and I mean, this is, uh, I mean, a, a lot of people still have some concerns about EA's track record making Star Wars games. And of course, recent news being that they've actually lost exclusivity is uh, is kind of refreshing because it means that we'll get some, I mean, we'll get more games like yep. all coming out at once, but uh, it also means we'll get some diversity in which companies making these things. So this is really, truly the last kind of exclusive Star Wars game that EA is going to throw out there. Yep. And uh, it's actually made by one of their subsidiary studios called Motive. And Motive, actually, I believe were the the, the subsidiary EA company that uh, built the Starfighter engine slash the, the dynamics and stuff for Battlefront 2. Okay. So, you know, so if anyone out there likes the Battlefront 2 Starfighter mode, um, you know, it's it's worth noting that this game is kind of built off of that, that groundwork a lot. And uh, that's... Uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. more... Uh, like it, they do do a great job of bringing like a whole nother layer of uh, complexity and stuff like that. Cause I like, yeah. I, we didn't, yeah. I don't think either of us really played the Starfighter mode like that much. Not really. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's cool. I think in the first Battlefront game that EA did, I played that Starfighter mode a little bit more in that one. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. And this one, there's no like big like hero ships or whatever to come and doomsday everybody else um, I mean, yeah you, you don't you don't get slave one whipping around just destroying everybody yeah they do the, <laughs> one of the things they do that's really really cool is so they have like um so right at the like when you level up and earn points and stuff like that in the game there's no there's no ships for you to unlock 
all the ships are already unlocked uh, and every like i think like every single module and everything like that is like fully accessible like from the start of the yeah, game yeah because you can change out like your your like the the hull and like the yeah. your weapon systems and all that you can customize your ships on the outside pretty well yeah so there's um, tons of different so and it's cool because you can like get different loadouts for different ships and you can change them whenever you want pretty much and so you can like uh like for example like you can have a really uh, like I do, like I have a, for the Y wing, I have a really tanky, uh, build for the Y wing. Uh, and like for like, that makes it a little better suited to ship to ship combat. Um, and, and then like, I have a build for like a, a bomber Y wing basically, which is better for like, you know, playing the objective and that kind of thing. Uh, and then like for, for like the TIE fighter or X wing, uh, like I'll have like a, yeah, like a primary, like, uh, ship to ship type build and but then because uh, they're a little bit more of a versatile uh, ship in that game like you can have like harder hitting like uh, anti like capital ship weapons and stuff like that like you can get like proton torpedoes and stuff like that with the x-wing and mm. the uh, the tie fighter and, and you can launch those or i think you get them with the tie fighter but they're those like are a huge heavy like damage dealing uh, weapon to to ships and subsystems and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool the amount of customization that you can do, and then they they take it even after that to the next level where like uh, they do a great job like first of all of like designing the cockpit to be your HUD instead of having to have like a whole bunch of you know different like uh, uh, 2D uh, HUD elements or whatever like floating around mm -hmm. on your screen. Uh, it's all like ship subsystems and each ship is like yeah. kind of different. I mean, the Imperial di uh, ships kind of have their own consistent theme and then the uh, new, new Republic ships have their own consistent theme, right? But they did a fantastic job of like, you know, when you like think about You're like in the, the cockpit, cockpit like, of yeah. like an X-Wing, they did a fantastic job of actually like making those different things that you see useful. So like the, yeah. the for example, like the, the scope uh, of your ship uh, it's like it follows like where you're pointed and so it's a, like it obviously like flying around in space uh, where you're like rolling around and going up and down all over the place can get really disorientating so that using your scope where it like spots your allies and enemies and uh, like that's how you kind of uh, it it like kind of ties into your target like locks and stuff like that that's an, a great way to like orientate yourself uh, towards mm -hmm. enemies more efficiently if you're having a hard time like visually spotting them yourself um and then they have like all the different uh sus subsystems for the ships itself which is super cool because like the the rebel ships have all have shields by default whereas the imperial ones don't but then they typically have more like health than the rebel ships um and then uh you, the imperial ships are usually more maneuverable than, than the rebel rebel ships um but then the rebel ships uh have like um yeah like their own specializations and abilities uh, and so it's really cool too because like uh since the rebels get shields you can actually choose like where those shields are so like if you're doing like an early uh open game attack on the enemy fighters and stuff you can put all you can be like all all shields to the like the all power to the forward shield generator right or you can be like oh there's an enemy behind me all power to the the rear shield generator or like oh like uh, i'm out of battle let's uh, rebalance the shield so like i get full 360 degrees of shields and stuff like that um and then the imperials though they don't 
get shields unless you get like a specific module that only lasts for a certain amount of time. So the what they gave the Imperials was really cool where they can choose to overload subsystems. So not only can you like min max between the different ship subsystems, so you can be like, oh, I want most of my power to go to, you know, weapons or most of my power to go to engines and stuff like that. You can fully drain power from the rest of your ship systems into one system. So like I've uh, had like tons of fun in like a tie interceptor where like mm -hmm. I'll just constantly do like hit and run against uh enemy fighters because i'll be able to fly into battle take out an enemy and then fully overload like my engines and just like rocket out of there because you can right. i think it'll yeah. give you your full like boost or whatever and then you can like rip out of there uh yeah and you, you can do this all on the fly so it gets to the point where you're always like i mean you can choose to keep busy with that controller just always clicking different buttons oh, yeah. you know like yeah you know, changing your subsystems rerouting power and stuff like that it's really cool like the way that they've done that yeah, yeah i mean you can get by like just like you know flying around and trying to shoot at people and stuff like that but like kind of once you like learn to use those different subsystems it's a whole nother layer of complexity and like micromanagement uh in the game and stuff like that because you can do like some really uh really cool yeah really cool stuff so it's a uh, yeah it's a lot of fun like learning to yeah. do that and uh you know and like the way that they've designed the cockpit like what you're saying before I, I i've noticed there is a way that you can because you're kind of permanently or temporarily fix fixated through the center point of the the window yeah. but there's a way that you can unlock like at least if you're yeah, not you in hold, VR. i think you hit one of the bumpers or something on the xbox controller and then you can like yeah look around you can like look around your cockpit and through those side windows and stuff like that yeah. of course if you're playing a vr you just turn your head and that's that's kind of how you do exactly, it exactly yeah um but it just kind of uh, it reflected to me i was like oh in vr like i can look behind me how do i how do I do that in like the game? Like, is it even yeah. possible? And sure, sure enough, it is. It's just, it's just a matter of hitting the button. So yeah, the game is very well constructed to support any level of playing, yeah. you know, like whether you're on VR or PlayStation or Xbox, or whatever, and it's all cross compatible servers. So you can play with, you know, buddies on other consoles and stuff like that, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And they, um, and uh, like I guess I mentioned this already, but like you know everything's all like the ships and weapon systems and everything are like pretty much unlocked from the beginning. So there's never going to be someone that has like some like you know crazy big advantage over you that where they're like, oh yeah, I like bought this like special like DLC or did use this in-game currency to buy this thing or whatever. Like the only stuff you can buy in game are like little mm -hmm. like trinkets and cosmetics. stuff like that yeah like cosmetic stuff yeah. for or like for skins for the ship for your different pilots like you can choose to have different races for your pilots and stuff like that uh, and different uniforms uh and then you like uh like i was nerding out on yesterday i have in all my ships like my first goal was to get the little rat lizard hologram yeah. in all of my ships <laughs> And so that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. I have in all my ships is that little rat lizard there just giving me, you know, cheering me on, blasting, little the, model of it. <laughs> blasting yeah. away enemies. Yeah, they've got some cool cosmetic items, you know, and and it's very like in-universe stuff. So oh, yeah. they, they make it they make it feel as if these things could have been picked up at a little store somewhere on, you know, some planet or or, or something like that. Yeah. You know, they've got knickknacks and, and things like that. Oh, and um, one of them. Sorry. One of them is actually for the Imperials that you can get. It's a little um, 
you know those little like uh things that you can hang from like the the mirror in your car or something like that so like one right, of the ones you yeah. can get for the imperial fighters is like a, a thing of admiral thrawn star destroyer i don't remember what it's called i think it's called chimera <laughs> so funny. is that it yeah yeah, yeah that's so yeah ship. you can yeah. get a little thing of the chimera or whatever it's or I don't, something like that i don't remember it's hilarious it, man it, it's just tons it, of cool little stuff like i think you can get yeah, a thing yeah. of for like someone frozen in carbonite or something too. Like, I don't know if it's yeah. solo that's in the carbonite, it's but it's somebody. And then right. there's, um, yeah, just tons of, tons of just fun little stuff. And it's, it's not really intrusive either. Like, it's just kind of like if you're flying around and you have like you know, yeah. downtime between when the enemy team respawns or move into an objective, you could check it kind of be like, oh yeah, like I got all this cool crap in my car. I think it's to, it's to kind of make you feel as if you're part of that story, right? Because throughout I've noticed throughout the whole campaign, they also kind of, they don't refer to you as a name of any kind. Like, yeah. You are Anonymous, always silent. first person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're always first person. You don't have any lines or dialogue. People just talk to you and just kind of feed off of what they what you might think your reaction would be to their statement and so you never you don't have a voice that comes out of your guy that you play as or anything like that so it really makes you feel that as if like you are the character of this story Mm -hmm. and uh and even even more so like you know if you if you are the kind of person that can play in vr the entire time um and you know look around like the rebel uh like hangar bay and whatever else is is pretty cool yeah. uh, it really does make you feel as if like you are that person that um that is living out this this story and and, and you played the the vader immortal trilogy you know with me uh yep. A, a year and a half ago whatever <laughs> a it was. long time ago yeah it, yeah and we chatted about those games here on the show as well yeah. a long time ago but uh it's the same idea right like you don't in that game you don't have any lines or anything like that you are the guy witnessing the story unfold yeah. in front of you and role-playing as that character so um i really like that style of gameplay because it and and it, it fits the, it doesn't fit every game but it fits this game pretty well and uh, i think it, it suits that customizable cockpit a little more because you get oh, yeah. to make it feel as if that's your ship you know yeah and um, that's what i love too is that like all those little like things or whatever i'm like yeah i earned all this stuff because like you don't like uh yeah there's no way for you to like buy up in-game currency or anything like that and so like every I, i'm only like rank 12 in the game or whatever like i've only played multiplayer a little bit but i'm like yeah i've got like i've earned that little rat lizard hologram and you know whatever other <laughs> thing yeah, yeah. or i think one of my other favorite things too is like one of the skins that i have for my ships is the gold leader for the, my y-wing and so i love it's just cool right. to, to see like the yeah those different things and you can get yeah there's tons of different skins for all the different ships like you can get uh uh the one luke skywalker has on his x-wing and it's just yeah it's just it's cool mm-hmm. man it's a great little uh uh f- fan honoring star wars game kind of like they did yeah. a, they did a solid job well said yeah it pays homage to star wars fans everywhere yeah and just fits in the universe really yeah. well um this game has uh you know after it being a little while now reviews have kind of leveled out averaged out i guess you could say mm-hmm. um so on steam it's got a seven out of ten uh, Metacritic, it's got 79% and PC Gamer rates uh, at uh, 83%. So, you know, it's all very, I would say, positive reviews. Yeah, um, it's not like, generally. it's not a game where they went like and did like, you know, some 
some crazy revolutionary like features and stuff like that like like you were saying like they took uh like their um like what they learned basically from like the starfighter modes in battlefront 2 and they were like how do we make this like way better and make yeah. this its own game and stuff right and they they did a great job like it this game has its own like uh metas and uh like different ways that you can play the game and stuff like that and so it you can you can just hop in and have like fun if you want to like it has it's uh it has a um uh fleet battle mode that's just versus ai so if you just want to like casually hop into the game and just fight some like ai or something like that every once in a while or just do mm -hmm. like a skirmish against ai you can do that you can set the difficulty level um just because you know if you just want to have a good time playing a star wars game or if you want to get that get a little more competitive and get your edge on and stuff and like kind of put your skills into it like you can yeah you can play multiplayer like it's it's funny because like i play it like one of the games i really enjoy playing is called uh war thunder and so that uh initially when that game first came out it was primarily like a, a flight combat sim game uh sort of and so like a lot of the the lessons that i've learned from uh like air combat in that game i've kind of been able to like apply and give myself a pretty serious edge in uh uh star wars oh, quadrants too which is, is is kind of fun um but like transfer transferable game skills yes and so uh, <laughs> uh but yeah it's just just a super fun game um and oh but i almost had totally forgotten about this too but it's kind of a cool um uh, like i don't i don't know if they're trying to uh like directly connect this game to like rogue squadron but i remember like one of my mm. one of the really cool games uh that i played back in the day on nintendo 64 uh was uh star wars rogue squadrons and so that was a mm -hmm. really cool uh star wars like uh like fighter i think you play as wedge in that game i yeah. think um and so that was like a classic star wars game and so it's kind of a, it they do a a good i think you can get the skins for those squadrons for the respective ships i could be wrong i'm not totally sure but it's just wow that is cool actually i didn't know about that i don't know like i'd have to look again i might be wrong i wouldn't be surprised though if that was the case i, I mean of course like rogue squadrons being such a legendary star wars game vintage style you know um the the new movie that is going to be titled after that game uh, directed by patty jenkins is also kind of a, an up-and-coming thing mm -hmm. uh very much based around x-wing pilots and, and and such so yeah i wonder if this it makes me wonder if maybe some of these characters that we see in the story could potentially pop up later and be one of these yeah that movies. would be super yeah. cool yeah 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 i mean so much potential but anyway that's that's pretty much all i got unless you have something else to bring up but um um i don't know i think there was something else i was gonna say but i don't remember now i've forgotten I'm drawing. Oh, actually, I, I do. I do have one thing I got to bring up. Uh, there, I saw a video online of a guy who took his PlayStation controller and he he uh, he I guess he's a carpenter because he, he made this rig which houses the controller and he and it, he made like two joystick things to to manipulate the toggles on the uh -huh. controller but like full full size like flight sim uh -huh. so yeah so he like made his own flight simulator kind of uh set control yeah. his own setup. flight yeah. sticks and uh throttles and stuff that's pretty yeah. cool. yeah and other buttons to push the buttons on the thing and <laughs> yeah it's it's cool i was like oh that's that's awesome yeah so. that's pretty fun 
Um, yeah, oh, some people are really getting into it. Oh, I, uh, so I think I think what I was going to say uh, was just like a few criticisms that I do have for the game. So, I mean, it's only like 40 bucks, which is not a bad price point for the content that they have. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, the, the multiplayer does only have two modes. Um, and so it's kind of it's kind of too bad because I would like to right. see them yeah. like do more with the multiplayer. Like, I don't know how large of a player base that they have for their multiplayer so it would kind of be i mean it's up to them right if they feel like that's worth the investment of uh, doing like mm-hmm. some sort of post content release or like dlc or something uh or post yeah content, it, I should say. It, it makes me wonder because i mean we've seen a couple updates come out recently uh, as well as the big one that dropped over december uh for christmas which was adding in that fifth ship for each faction yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're definitely putting a, a little more post-release support into the game. Yeah, I was. And, I, was uh, I haven't had a chance to use the new ships, but I thought that was really great that they added them and stuff. Just like just yeah. adding that, like one more thing for uh, people to try and use and stuff. Yeah, it brings some exclusivity content to the multiplayer modes as well. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess the best way to definitely play this game just in retrospect uh, is, it, and this is something I recommend with Battlefront 2 as well to most people, play the campaign first. You know, yep. beginning to end, just just get through the campaign, you know, play the play through, learn how to use all the ships through that story. Yes, absolutely. You, know, you also get the story mode and all that. I mean, it can be tempting just being able to buy the game and be like, okay, a bunch of friends already have it. They're jumping on multiplayer, but yeah, don't do it, man. Don't do it. You got to get through the story first. So um. yeah, you're missing out. You're missing out on a lot. Cause like I was saying, the story does a fantastic job teaching you how to use all the ships. Like, especially yeah. something like a support ship. Like I've, I've very few times have I've seen someone be able to successfully use that kind of ship in, uh, in, right. in yeah. like a, a, dogfighter a fleet battle or something like that but you can you can do it you just have to I learn think how this game is very challenging in the sense that if you do start playing it with a group of friends and everything and you all get really into it um you can have a very successful group dynamic where somebody does play as the support ship and and can operate you know very well and like you know you gotta yeah. all kind of like, stay in sync but like yeah it's like even, i mean flying in formation everything yeah. like all that stuff c- can be done in this game it just takes skill right yeah like it's really funny because like even in bat like even in games where i'm not playing with friends because you're you know your squadrons of like five people or whatever right and so even when yeah. i'm in a game where i'm not actually directly like talking with someone over discord or whatever uh or like in-game chat like i you can see what other classes of ship your teammates are playing as. And so typically mm-hmm. like, uh, that's why I really enjoy playing like a, an a wing or a tie interceptor in the, uh, multiplayer, uh, like fleet battles, because, um, like a lot of my teammates will be going with like Y wings or tie bombers. Cause they're like, they're focusing in on the objective and stuff like that. And they want to take down those capital ships and escorts. And so I'm like, Oh, like, perfect. You know what? They're going to focus on that stuff. I'm, I like doing the like fighter to fighter combat and that's what I'll excel in. So I'll do like, I'll, I'll nuke the enemy team, like all game in, in dog fights and they'll uh, be just like plowing through the enemy. Uh, uh, yeah. The enemy team. And yeah, you can go and back up your allies. I can't remember if there's a way to call for help and back up and stuff like that when you're, you know, getting pinned down. Right. But, uh, but yeah, there's tons of fun to be had in the multiplayer. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, uh, man, that being said, I guess we could cover this game pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, thanks for coming back on the show and uh, talking Star Wars Squadrons. I guess we'll, we'll have you back again uh, soon for something. Um, but, yeah, it's always great having you back. Yeah, dude. All right. Take care. See you later. All right, thanks again, Reed, for coming back on the show. And, uh, you know, plenty of video games to look forward to. Of course, we have an Indiana Jones game dropping from Bethesda at some point in the future. And there's rumors of a Knights of the Old Republic game coming as well, which is which is awesome. I mean, we, we got so much uh, in, in, the, in store for Star Wars video games. And uh, ever since the first kind of full-on canon campaign, which which took place in Battlefront 2, uh, you know, it's 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 been it's been a, a nice ride, you know, having these these solid these solid stories, you know, wrapped up in Jedi Fallen Order and now Star Wars Squadrons and uh, Tales from a Galaxy's Edge VR, Vader Immortal, Episodes 1 through 3, you know, you know, we've had quite a few Star Wars canon video games come out and uh, this is just another one to add to that shelf of, of great stories in, in the video game kind of department. Uh, so, uh, big news on the podcast. I mean, we've got uh, quite a few things coming your way. Uh, some explained episodes on Darth Maul, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, we got the Star Wars Rebels Talk series, the after show, which uh, follows up Clone Wars with our co-host Diego. Uh, speaking of co-hosts, uh, our, our co-host Blake, uh, our, he's normally a guest on the show. He's actually decided to be a, a kind of a more full-time co-host. So you'll get a nice dynamic going forward with the episodes that normally I would have done myself in the past. Um, he's going to be there now to add in a second voice to the mix so you'll hear him a lot more frequently on the show and uh that being said i mean uh, that's pretty much it that's all we got for today uh join the discord follow the twitter feed at sw escape podcast shoot us an email shoot us a voicemail drop a five-star rating please that would help us out a lot and send this show to a friend may the force be with you guys and we'll see you next time here on star wars escape pod